opportunity to talk to India and Claire over Zoom video. They are of the band Boyish. Both India and Claire attended Berklee School of Music, and that's where they met. Claire is originally from Minneapolis. Claire's dad was in a band. So Claire was able to go to his practices, immediately fascinated by drums, but ended up moving on to guitar and went to Berkeley as a guitar player. India was always fascinated with musical theater. India didn't even get involved in singing, really, until a gymnastics injury led to pursuing a career in voice and singing. Obviously did very well, went to Berkeley as a vocalist, started writing songs, India's roommate knew Claire, and that's how that relationship formed. Their band was called The Blue Prior, but they ended up changing their name, obviously, to Boyish. India and Claire talk about putting out that first record, writing, recording, and releasing the second record right before COVID happened. So we found out where both of them were when the virus was happening, how they were able to get together and write this most recent record. We're all going to die, but here's my contribution, which is an amazing title, I feel like. But they talked to us all about that brand new record. And you can watch our interview with India and Claire on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. We'd love it if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Boyish. This podcast is all about you and your journey in music. And we'll talk about your new record, which has their coolest title ever. <laughs> I will say, I saw that. I was like, wow, that's really, really creative. <laughs> so I can't wait to, to hear how it all kind of came together. So um, I read that the, the band started in Boston. Are you both from, from Boston? No. We okay. just went to college out there. I'm originally from uh, Minnesota. Okay. Tell me about that. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I love Minneapolis so much. Um, it's such a great place to grow up. And I think it has just a, a really strong music scene right now, especially, too. Yeah. Um, a lot of people – I always say it's just because it's so cold that you have nothing else to do. But <laughs> – sit inside and practice and write songs. So there's, snow. Really, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's just a really, really strong music scene out there and it's really inspiring. It's a great place to be and grow up. That's cool. How did you get into music? My dad, my dad um, played in a band all when I was growing up. And so I just, I wanted to be in his band my entire That's life, so cool. you know, any way I could <laughs> I'd go to his sound checks and, you know, and they let me like soundtrack or sound check the drums and stuff that was like the greatest day of my life <laughs> that's awesome was he like he did it as a profession like professional no drummer, no or? he's actually a, a software engineer professionally but okay just, but just like, loves music loves band yeah. yeah that's cool that's so cool <laughs> solid silver he, yeah yeah that was his band name solid silver <laughs> that's a solid name <laughs> solid silver name yeah. wow well what, what does your dad play he plays guitar Okay. So, yeah, he had been in this band since he was like 15. Um, and he always wanted to be a musician, but his mom told him he couldn't. <laughs> of course. Yeah. <laughs> now he gets to live vicariously through you. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> <laughs> wait, so he played guitar. What was the first instrument you learned? I started on drums. 
Uh, okay. Actually, when I was like six, yeah, I handed the drum set. I was like, we got it. Like, I'm going to be a drummer, guys. Um, but I made the switch over when I was nine, when I finally had a little more of a brain to, uh, <laughs> to learn how to play an instrument. <laughs> Very cool. Okay. What about you, India? Where were you? Were you where were you born and raised? I was born in um, New York. I grew up here. Uh, oh, cool. I was born in Manhattan, and then I moved to Brooklyn when I was seven. So I've been here ever since. Um, went to college in Boston, and I met Claire. Um, wow. But well, how, yeah. did, how did you get into music? Um, I didn't start music until high school. I was like a competitive gymnast for most wow. of my adolescence, like from <laughs> four to like 15, 16. Really? Uh, my yeah. five-year-old son just like literally just left to go to gymnastics camp. No like, way. <laughs> I, we just, my wife just like put took him out the, the door. Whoa. He's been at it like all week. He loves it. <laughs> He's not learning anything like great, like cool, but he like loves jumping on the trampolines, it's so and, fun. you oh, know, sure. running in on the bars and all that stuff. <laughs> it's really good. It's a great camp. Um, Gets but his I did, energy out for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> I did that um, like four hours a day, five days a week for like most of my life. Um, wow. And then when I was, I always was interested in music and like loved music and wanted to be an actress like as my profession um and then right before high school or like my first year of high school I got a really bad injury on my arm um and I basically just like was told I couldn't do it anymore like my arm just wasn't gonna support my body anymore whoa that must have been devastating it was I was like oh okay because it's like your whole identity yeah and your whole life and my whole life or you mean you're working Uh, towards that it's crazy so oh I was kind of searching for something else to do. Um, and I was always a dancer too. And I auditioned for LaGuardia High School here in New York, which is a performing arts school. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned for dance and I auditioned for singing and I auditioned for acting. And I ended up getting in for um, singing and wow. acting. And I, for some reason, was just like, no, I want to do singing instead. Like okay. I just want something completely <laughs> new. Um, and I started learning about classical music and like having my first ever like voice lessons. And I just fell in love with it um, and started writing songs too. I was always like a very emo kid with a diary and I'd like write angry poems. So that was in my, cool. yeah. Um, and so that's how I got into music and I kind of started fiddling around on guitar too. And my dad played guitar a little bit. So he kind of taught me like the basic shapes, like enough to like write pieces together a song. Um, so yeah, that's how I got into music. Wow. Kind of like to roundabout into, way. <laughs> sure, but to get into that uh, that high school without having any real yeah. training in vocals, that's pretty that's really impressive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, to say that you hadn't taken voice lessons until you're in high and you already had got in. I mean, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I always, like, sang growing up. I was very, like, flashy as a child. I would, like, make my family sit down and watch me perform, <laughs> kind of. Like, doing, like, full one-woman productions. Like, Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So India Shore presents. Yeah, I'd, like, have my sister, like, be, like, stage crew. <laughs> like, hit the lights. <laughs> I'm bossing around. <laughs> That's cool. Well, did you both attend, where, Berkeley or no? No, just yeah, oh, you did Berkeley. both go to Berkeley, of course. Berkeley, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what did you go to to Berkeley for, Claire? Guitar? 
I was, yeah. So I got in on guitar. Um, while I was there, I studied a major called contemporary writing and production. It, it basically trained you to write for like commercials and, and TV a little bit. Oh, um, cool. I was always, yeah, I was always really torn between like, do I want to write music? Do I want to record it? And so that kind of seemed like the perfect pairing of mm -hmm. each. And I, I loved that major. It was super fun. Did you, how did you get like, I'm sure there's quite a process to get in Berkeley. I mean, they don't just accept anyone. Like, what was your audition process? Did you have to submit like a video of yourself or like yeah. show up in sight read or? It's <laughs> yeah, a crazy it's audition story. <laughs> yeah. So like, I mean, for me, I went to a summer camp right before I did my audition. So that was kind of nice because that was kind oh, okay. of my audition in where they- Sure, I've, I've talked to a few people that did that. You can kind of go and kind of get a feeling for it if you- Right. Prior, yeah. okay, that's cool. So I did, so to get into the summer camp, I did a video audition. Then I went to the summer camp, they kind of saw me from there. Um, and then after that I did, I did the in-person audition. And it's, it's very much like show up with your prepared piece. Now we're gonna do some improv. Now you're gonna sight read a little bit. Um, it was really scary. You know, I was terrified. I was like, this is, there's a lot on the line here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Could you read music? I could. Luckily, I had been okay. I had been working on that. I was preparing for this audition. But if I didn't, you know, I would have been fucked. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I, I've i talked to a couple of people that like got in somehow and they said that they couldn't say it. They would just like make it up. Like, on the Most oh, that's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> Most guitar players can't, you know, like we, right. it's not how we're taught. It's a, You just shred. Like why need yeah, to learn a note? To like, learn notes, I mean, yeah. if you're a jazz guitar player or maybe something else, like, but if you just rock or yeah, you know, exactly. why would you care to, to read a note you just rock out <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so india did you go in as a vocalist i did go in as a vocalist i again like right before i graduated high school was like i don't know really what i want to do even though i'd spent four years singing i was like do i want to sing do i want to act so um, my dad is British and I have a British citizenship. So I was looking at schools over in the UK, like acting schools. Okay. So most of my college, like auditioning process, I like went over there and did it and like, Oh really? I, yeah. And then I only auditioned for like two schools in the U S and it was Berkeley. And I think Emerson, I did those two. And I was like only looking at musical theater programs and, um, I got into like one in the UK and I got into one in the US and I auditioned for Berkeley with like a musical theater song. <laughs> and they, they were like, for some reason. I don't know why they hate it, but they do. Yeah. But um, Oh, they I, do? They hate that? Apparently. Yeah. Apparently, I didn't know that. But they I hated it enough. And, like, did a full <laughs> acting performance. I was like, yep, this is it. Um, and I ended up getting in there. And I, again, I like, don't know what drew me to it. Like all these stories I have were like, yeah, I just went with it. But I Work. really, really like felt like it was maybe the right place for me to go. And I like had a very gut feeling about it. So I just went. So did you go in as like, I guess if they don't like musical theater, is that even an option there? Like, can you be? I think there's musical? like a musical theater club. Uh, but, like, but you can't be like a musical theater major, major? no yeah, they don't have so I, I went in there thinking I was gonna be like a vocal performance major um and I got in there and like kind of it took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do because I feel like at Berkeley there's so many options so I did like a pro music major where you can kind of combine a bunch of things and 
make like a mishmash degree out of it. So I did vocal performance and I did music business so I could like have some sense of what was happening. And then um, <laughs> later on, I figured out that I really liked composition and um, writing for instruments and like classical instruments, writing for strings. So I added that to my major. So that's what I did. Oh, wow. And <laughs> how did you, you guys met obviously at Berkeley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How did you two meet? we I so I it was like within the first month of school and I was gonna audition for a showcase called storytellers and I like needed a guitarist and my roommate was friends with Claire um so I texted Claire just being like I you want to meet up and work on a song so we met um and worked on a song together and didn't become friends for a long time like we would just meet up work on music and then be like go your several ways (laughs) okay (laughs) i think we were both intimidated by each other we were like yeah yeah for sure i can't be friends with you (laughs) um and that's how we started making music together and then there was also like a a burrito place down the street this is the reason we kept making music this is the reason we kept and if you went burrito day okay burrito day (laughs) If you went and played a song at like this burrito place on a certain day, you'd get a free burrito. So really, yeah. So that's how we started our that's band. That's cool. I'm sure it was, that line must have been long. You the know, Ber- surprisingly, you would think. Yeah, not really. Even at Berkeley. Like, even yeah, at Berkeley, it was like right on campus too. And <laughs> wow, that's, in India, they're every week. Like, I'd be there too, even if I couldn't play. I'd just make something up on the spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool what a hack <laughs> it was it was amazing <laughs> um being at berkeley was it did you both play like obviously you played the burritos shop but did you play <laughs> out at like different little coffee shops or anything around there and was that intimidating being around you know every instead of being the best guitar player in your town now you're what you're around all the best guitar players around the world you know around country world, world. Yeah. Was it intimidating playing around these, you know, people that are all there for the same reason? I feel like it definitely changed our sound um, because most of our gigs were at house parties. Oh, okay. And stuff. And it was a really exciting environment to be in. But your whole crowd with like a group of like a hundred people just like packed in a basement. So it felt like very rock and roll. Yeah, that is cool. But the whole crowd was all people from Berkeley. So you'd like play something and they're all like, right, <laughs> you know, like watching that. your every move. And you're like, oh my God. Dude. They're like, theoretically, that shouldn't go like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like kind of in the back of your mind the whole time. I wouldn't like, put that chord there if I were you. <laughs> right, right. You really did that? Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, we started uh, like kind of writing for that environment to like make something that's going to be fun to listen to on a Friday night. Um, and it, it wasn't like super authentic to who we were. I would say that was kind of mm-hmm. like our first, the first ever music we wrote was a little country punk ish. We called it. Um, okay. But yeah, it wasn't until we left Berkeley that we actually found our sound probably for that reason of writing for the people that were there and in that environment. So did you both finish and then move? You guys, you, you both moved to New York, right? Eventually. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I I went home for a little bit right after graduation. I, I went back to Minnesota 
just to save up some money before moving. And then right as I was about to move, the pandemic hit. So I... <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. I see. This is a wrench in my plan. So I stayed oh, wow. in Minneapolis. Literally until um, this past January is finally when I moved out here. Wow. So it's Carnation written in at Berkeley? Yes. The first yeah. record? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you wrote, did you record it on campus? Like, tell me, tell me about that first album. And was it just the two of you? Because you have a few other members, right? Or not so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of come and go, you know, back us up. Um, but they were all on it. I can't, I kind of remember where that was recorded. I think it was recorded, um, what was the it Wellspring? Was, was Wellspring, that the yeah. Wellspring There's a really cool studio, like an hour outside of Boston um, that we went to and sort of the owner of the studio basically like left us alone basically for like a 10 hour day, um, which was really exciting. So we did a lot of it there um, and we had the other members of our band come play. So it was uh, Alexi Goddard on drums, Sylvie Chang on backup vocals. I think Emma was on yeah, bass and on bass. we just had like a pretty small setup. All um, people from Berkeley? All people from Berkeley. Two of them actually went to high school with me. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we did that. We recorded it over like a couple months, like in the Berkeley studios and there. Mm -hmm. um, but Claire and I wrote everything. Um, and that's, yeah, it feels like such a long time ago we did that. I'm trying to remember <laughs> the process you, of that. Did you play those songs and like push that record pretty hard when you're just at school there? It sounds like. <laughs> right when everything was going to happen, the pandemic hit. Yeah. So wait, so Carnation came out in 2018. Okay. So we played that a lot around Boston and we didn't have like a manager or anything at that time. We kind of didn't really know what we were doing. So we were just playing it around Boston. I think we got like one really cool press write up, like blindly. I don't know how it happened. Okay. Um, and then kind of did that and started working on Garden Spider pretty quickly after that. And that took us like a year to put all those songs together. Um, and I feel like Garden Spider was like the first project we put out that we like kind of took seriously and um, liked in the end. I think maybe, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe you change your opinion on like projects over time, but like, I feel like I listen back to Carnation now. I'm like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Was yeah. was that when you got the manager on the second record? Yeah. yeah. So our manager is another person from high school. Um, her cool. name is Nicole Texadani. She's like the smartest person I know. And um, she was in like my vocal class in high school. And she has a really beautiful voice too, but decided she wanted to go the manager route and was always like, I'm going to manage you one day. That's cool. And then uh, kind of sort of was taking note of the things we were doing. Um, throughout college and by the time we got to garden spider she was like no I really do want to manage you like let's do this and so she helped us kind of put everything together for that um, which I think definitely made a big difference and mm -hmm. oh for sure <laughs> all that yeah I mean you have the the fuck you Heather song has over a million plays on Spotify that's yeah it's really crazy that's incredible <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that record it came out in 2020 was it put out yeah. prior to the pandemic or was it something you had a month oh my oh, goodness before. <laughs> i know it's really okay it was brutal when that happened because yeah we were we did like a release show it was really awesome we had a bunch of shows booked for the spring to promote the album 
And we were, yeah, we played a show up until we just changed March our name well. too. Yeah. We oh, you weren't boyish name. prior to that. No, we, we were um, the blue. <laughs> That's we a cool name. Called... It was awful name. <laughs> <laughs> it could be worse. <laughs> That's true. It was just very hard to find. Like there are like 270, the blues on Spotify. Oh, I could imagine. And that was, it's very like just kind of blank statement name. Like I feel like. It's very, very hard to find anywhere you look. I think that was a big reason. Nicole was like, we need to change your name. <laughs> like, we need to do this. Um, so we had just done that. We just put out this record and we were really excited. And then everything shut down a month later, which was really crazy. Wow. So you were playing shows all the way up until it shut down. Were you seeing any like, you know, were you hearing about the coronavirus prior? And was that, like, tell me about <laughs> yeah. that a little bit. We played a show March 13th. The day that everything shut down? Like Isn't that the, the day everything shut down? It was like, like the two, day, days two days before. Oh, uh, okay. And so it was kind of quiet that night too. Like people came, but everyone was like kind of nervous. And so yeah. And everyone also, was like, this is probably the last time I'll go out. Like, yeah. <laughs> and It's India weird. Had, it's India weird. Had food poisoning that night too. So we're like, is I that was, the corona? Oh, yeah, I was my. like sick too. I was like, oh my God, this is And it. we're like, what's happening? <laughs> that was scary it was really scary in the beginning it was, it was really, and i was really calls scary. from home and like my mom so chill like my mom will not panic in any situation and i get a call and she's like you should come home and i was like yeah right mom i'm like my my flight's in a week it's totally fine <laughs> and then you know she was like no you should really come home and then i was like i gotta get out now you know <laughs> I was like panicking. yeah oh my yeah it, it hit real it was weird it was, it was like, yeah, people were, it was like a thing. I remember in the beginning, I had never heard, I didn't know what it was until I saw a friend of mine post something about like coronavirus started by Corona beer. It was like some joke headline. <laughs> and I was like, what is coronavirus? Like, what am I, am I confused? Oh, no. <laughs> and this was like in February. So then I'm yeah. researching it. And then it obviously, it didn't take long <laughs> for it to all kind of shut down everything. Well, I remember seeing an article in February, too, being like, coronavirus is going to change your everyday life. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. This drama for nothing. Right. Because we've never seen anything like this. It was like, OK, when it, I mean, how many other ones were there? There was like SARS was a big one or yeah, like but we Ebola. Never had to like and it like was never anything that you'd really thought about. Right. No, no. Yeah, it was really, really insane. I remember in the very beginning, too, like they were saying, you don't have to wear a mask. Like a mask isn't going to do anything for you. So mm -hmm. there was that whole message, too. Yeah. There's no, no, you're you're done. <laughs> you're screwed no matter what you do. Yeah, like, <laughs> don't worry. It can travel 25 feet in the air and live on surfaces for four days, but yeah. don't wear a mask. I'm yeah, just, that was the whole thing. It could live on surfaces for a long time. And then it's like, really? So if somebody touched this doorknob four days ago, I'm four days ago, gonna get it's going it. to give me yeah. coronavirus. <laughs> right. So bizarre. It was so bizarre. <laughs> so, so had you gone home already, India, at this point? Yeah. So, well, the last show we did was in New York um, oh, and wow. I was be just back living at my mom's house, like right after college. So Claire was staying at my house here and flew out a day. I think the right, next day right after, after the show, show I was out. <laughs> and was it weird being in the airport? Was it dead? <laughs> so weird. Well, it was like my flight was completely packed. No masks. Um, just because everyone. <laughs> of course like, not. 
Yeah, they're like, get home. (laughs) So I was, yeah, I was just in Newark in the airport there, no mask on, on this fully packed flight to Minneapolis. And I'm like, what's going on, guys? But I remember landing and opening up my email and every gig I had for the next like five months canceled. And I was like, like, there goes all of my income, you know, panic starts. It was horrible. Yeah, it was crazy. I was just at my mom's house. Claire left. I was like, I had, I was nannying at the time too. And then my nannying family was like, we're leaving the city. Like, we're not going to be here. I was like, all right. Solid choice. Because that was a bad spot to be. Fair enough. (laughs) And so I was here in New York at my mom's house until July. Like I, for a period of four months, like I was just in this house, just chilling with my mom and sister like not really going outside I think I would like go for a walk around my block but that mm-hmm. was it because it was really bad in New York it was really bad in New York it was really really bad and um it was so quiet like it's the quietest I've ever heard it there's um like kind of a major road right by my house and it, there's always cars on it and like I remember at one point in like early April I walked out and there was not a single car on the road and I was like i'm living in a ghost town it was an insane time it's it was weird i'm from san diego i my family and i just moved to nashville but um i was in san diego majority of the time when the pandemic happened and and i've done radio for 16 years and i remember getting like a fema card my boss like shipped fema cards to everybody because we were an essential business Oh and it was God. like, keep this in your car. Like, if you get pulled over, you need to show them. I'm like, they're really scaring everybody. And there wasn't a whole lot of cars on the road. But I'm thinking the whole time, like, I'm going to have to just show them this thing. Like, I'm some, like, oh like I'm going to go to, like, prison for being out. I was going to go to like, prison. This is, like, total police state. Like, what is going on here? No, it was, no one knew what was happening. And it was so high level, like, everything was high level. Like, I remember, yeah. like, can I leave the house? Like, am I actually allowed? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and being in New York, too, because the whole we were watching TV, you know, news was on my house 24 seven. And yeah, all yeah. it was 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 Cuomo on TV talking because yeah. you guys were like it was the thick of it. I'm just watching like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe like I feel so bad for the people in New York. And then it started <laughs> bubbling up in L.A. a bit, but not it didn't get the te- television it was all eyes on New York, right? Yeah, it, it was. You guys must have been really terrified. I mean, we I were really. T- I feel like everyone here just retreated to their houses and like tiny little apartments and like sat here for a while. And like every day at seven o'clock for a period of like three months, people would like stick their heads out their windows and like clap for. Oh, they cheer for the. the yeah. Uh... And that went on for like months. People would just do that. That's it was cool, so though. it was really nice, but also like, it was a very odd, like routine to be into. It was like, OK, I've like been in my room. Time to stick oh, my head out yeah. the window and clap. Time to get some I'll air. Go, <laughs> go back in. Which is like if this thing travels 25 feet. Yeah, you know, exactly. Airborne, that's the, <laughs> the guy, <laughs> the, the person below you is just spitting out the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. OK, how was it for, for you, Claire? Was it? It was so, so different in Minnesota, just because we had so much more space. So you could like, it was actually pretty chill. Um, (laughs) Besides the fact where you're like, oh, if I go to the grocery store, am I going to come back and like kill my parents? Um, (laughs) Yeah, that's what they pretty much told you. (laughs) Yeah, 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 exactly. We're like, oh, shit. But uh, (laughs) 
for the most part, like we, we had a great time. Actually, I was <laughs> I was at home with my parents and my older sister was in med school at the time. Which was really no, convenient. That, yeah. So she came home. We're like, you're going to save us. We're like, no, but it was that like, are you going to have to go back? And because weren't they throwing a lot of the people in school yeah, as luckily, like triage kind of like nurses <laughs> and stuff? She was only in her second year. So she was like too young. Oh, to that, she was just under there. the wire at least. Exactly. Exactly. So it was like, all right, we can't have you actually do stuff yet. Um, so she got to stay at home and, you know, study and do that whole thing. And, you know, I was her test dummy. So she'd be like, put up your arm like this. And then she'd ever like stethoscope. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. Um, but we, it was actually really cool because my dad and I, we have a bunch of neighbors that we're really close with and they'd all bring up a lawn chair and we'd have little concerts on our driveway. Wow. Um, we are doing stuff like that. It was fun. They, <laughs> this neighborhood, um, they've been there like my entire life. They're all best friends and they would hire musicians to come like play. And then everyone would bring a lawn chair and spread out. There was a lot Whoa. of that happening in Minnesota. The Elvis that... impersonator. And they hired an Elvis impersonator. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing? But... That's so rad. <laughs> <laughs> so they made the best of it. And it was, it was just nice to kind of be that's cool for a while yeah um, type of, that's really like wow that's probably the coolest story i've heard yeah. <laughs> over the course of this whole thing yeah people were just like oh we're just gonna perform outside uh my old guitar teacher works in um a theater like a musical theater mm -hmm. and her partner is the music director there so they <laughs> they would have all these theater singers come and they'd back them up and they would play on their front porch and everyone would again bring up a lawn chair sit out there on wednesday afternoons and just listen to all these show tunes there's no so one else cool. had anything better to do so right it was, wow. it was really cool that way it, it people just kept performing kept going <laughs> i love that that's really really cool it was so fun <laughs> how quickly into the pandemic do you both start writing we're all going to die but here's my contribution like when did that conversation began was it like okay we're not gonna build a tour garden spider let's just keep going literally yeah we were just like well i think within a week we were like all right we'll keep yeah. writing <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of pressure from everyone too to be like you have all the time in the world like what are you gonna make what's this needs to be the best thing you've ever made and we're like oh <laughs> really you're getting that type of pressure i guess I just I've, from I, ourselves like oh really. i guess you really because like you just said, there really wasn't anything else to do. Exactly. And, you know, you'd hear from different people, too, being like, you have all this time. It's going to be a great time for art. And we're like, I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Was it hard to stay inspired? I mean, oh, how long can you look at your wall and be like, OK, and you're not really living life, so to speak? No, it was really hard to stay inspired. We, we turned to a lot of TV shows at that point. Like oh. TV and movies to be like, okay, nothing's happening in our lives. Like what's happening in other people's pretend <laughs> lives like that yeah. we can write about? Oh, really? I mean, mm -hmm. that's smart. And if you think about it, really TV and, and film is somebody's life. Like, I mean, you relate to it or you wouldn't mm -hmm. be watching it. Yeah, or exactly. You sort of relate to it in certain aspects. I mean, if you're watching like a, you know, sci-fi horror movie, maybe not as much. Yeah. But like... Not that. <laughs> There's a lot of like normal people like, yeah. crying. <laughs> right, right. But did the title kind of come from what was going on? I mean, we're all going to die, but 
we're in the room and we wrote the song. Here's our contribution <laughs> to everything. Like, Here you go. <laughs> I love that title. I think that's so good. It's so <laughs> Thank good. you. So you are you writing over Zoom? How are you guys doing this? We were mostly like sending voice memos back and forth. I think we tried to write on Zoom a couple of times and we were both just like, I don't know how to do this. This is really weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we did that for a couple months. And then in July, I kind of decided, I was like, okay, I have nothing. My dog's barking. Hold on. Oh, all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on. But let me let him out of the room. Claire? Oh, go ahead. No. <laughs> um, yeah, but in July, uh, I was like, India, like, come to Minnesota, get out of the city you know, take the leap, just do it. And then we can work on a bunch of music. We can get stuff done. Um, so finally convince India to come to Minnesota and she rolls up out of the airport. She had, I think you had four masks on. Like a hazmat like, suit. Yeah, lab goggles on. Lab goggles. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, and like the only one coming out of the airport like me. <laughs> like, like, no one else was doing that, which I was shocked by because... <laughs> That's so funny. I can relate to that, though, because when, when my wife and I were thinking about moving to, to Nashville, we wanted to come see it. We, you know, how much can you learn over the Internet? So we're like, we really need to to come out and see what it's like. And same thing. We had two masks and a, a face shield. Yeah. And the, the plane was packed pretty much except for two, maybe two seats. And oh because we God. were like full on like gloves, <laughs> my wife sat at the window and I sat at the aisle in the seat in the middle. They're like, you know, raise your hand if somebody, if your seat is open and nobody wanted to deal with us. No, yeah. They're uh, like, oh, these two are. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah so it kind of worked in our benefit. Yeah, I seriously. came out of New York, which was like the most high intensity place. Like everyone was taking it super, super seriously because we were all terrified. Well, and you I guys got, were in the thick of it. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I got to the airport. I was in like my four masks and my goggles and like <laughs> <laughs> gloves. And I go, I got off in Minnesota and people in the airport were like chilling. They were like eating in the airport, yeah. like had no masks on. <laughs> hugging like, each other. Hugging each other, like touching things. I was like. <laughs> and he was, yeah, you were on the phone too. You're like, what is happening? I was like, what? <laughs> Oh man. I know. I walked out of the airport. Claire was like, what are you wearing? Like, why are you doing this? Like, are you okay? Can you breathe through all that? Yeah. Claire's like, we got an Elvis impersonator at the house. Yeah, like, yeah, like, all Claire's neighbors like greeted me when I got there. I was like, you <laughs> know. So how long were you in uh, Minnesota then? I was there from July to September. <laughs> I, oh, wow. I just stayed. I was supposed to be there for like two weeks, but then I was like, there's really no reason for me to go back. And sure. we were just working a lot, which felt really good. Like, and it was nice to be able to like have some space after being in New York for that long. So I stayed for a long time. Like every couple of weeks I'd ask Claire's parents, I was like, is it okay if I stay like a little longer? They're like, yeah, like, it's fine. Which is really nice of them. But I was like, are you sure? And like, yeah, like, am I overstaying my welcome here or what? <laughs> I, was like, I was on like month two and I was like, is it cool if I'm still here? <laughs> like, <laughs> that's cool oh, yes yeah, so i was that's there really for cool. a long time we would just work in claire's like bedroom studio they had set up um and that's where we wrote we had like all the ideas for we're all gonna die uh but kind of fun. put everything together up there and did you guys did you both record it there like how, how did you record the record really 
Yeah, we yeah, we were just recorded. I had um some of my quarantine purchases, you know, like I, I upgraded to a nicer interface. I got a nice mic. Um mm-hmm. and then we're like, all right, let's just do it all here since we have the stuff and it worked out, you know, and <laughs> it's that sounds great. It's a great sounding record. And it was done in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. All of it. I think all of it except for um some drums. We went into a studio Claire works in and recorded drum samples ourselves just like both of us just hitting different so parts of the drum just really to have samples to put in like if we wanted live stuff but everything else was done just in claire's room yeah that's so cool and with when the record's finished everyone's still inside did you have the idea of maybe not releasing it or was it let's just get it out there what what was the thought process I think by the time we finished it, it was the end of summer. We drove from Minnesota back to New York, um, came back, saw Nicole again. And so she was she listened to everything and she wanted to help us like roll everything out. So we got it mixed. And sort of by the time everything was ready, we contemplated, I think, waiting to release it till shows were going to happen. But mm-hmm. we still kind of had no idea when that was going to be like there wasn't right, really. Yeah. Like there were like whisperings of a vaccine, but we're like, I have no idea when that's gonna happen. Right. Um, so which we rolled start- out pretty quickly. I will which give them. Cr- ended yeah. up happening very yeah. fast. Um, so we released the first song, Superstar, in February. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can remember. Of, yeah. of this year, um, and yeah, I just kind of kept rolling it out from then, and like things kind of kept improving with the pandemic as we sure. kept releasing things we're like all right might as well like keep going ride this wave, ride this wave you know? so we kind of did it all very diy like um we shot all the music videos for it with our roommate um eli edwards and we did it like around like our apartment like on the roof of our building like on the street nearby like yeah. everything just very much ourselves like had a green screen on the wall like <laughs> oh just like oh that's cool did you buy like a green tarp type thing yeah, yeah literally like, this is how we're gonna make all our content for that's this. cool I, there's something cool about the diy you see not having it all super polished i love that yeah 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 it was really a lot of fun i think it ended up working out really well even though it felt like every week we were like okay, let's like make something yeah, and make put it out yeah. soon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the, the album's amazing. It's doing really well. Um, what with stuff opening now, is there hopes to, to tour the record? And now you have two albums worth of materials. Is, is it going to be difficult to kind of figure out like, okay, should we play a lot of <laughs> garden spider or should we play more of we're all going to die? Like, is that even a thought? That's yeah, totally right now what we're in it. Like literally before I hopped on this call, I was making, you know, a big spreadsheet of what can we play? What should we play? What do we want to play? Um, we, we have this thing about us. I feel like we love to just like move past all the old stuff we've released, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, let's just keep going and only play new stuff. Um, so it's, it's interesting to think like, what are we going to grab? from each record. We always played July. I feel like that's the only one from Carnation that keeps coming. Oh, back. really? Yeah. Otherwise we don't really play much off that record. Um, and then now Garden Spider, it's gonna be probably Fuck You Heather. 
Yeah, that's a huge and, song. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did that get uh, like Spotify? Was it playlisted, or do you know how that thing kind no, of bubbled that's, up? That's kind no. of the craziest part about that song is that it's it on zero never- Spotify editorial playlist. Wow. And it just I mean, that's something going. to be so proud of. That a million plus people have found it and listened to it. Right, right. It's, yeah, it blows our mind every day. We're just like, why? And wow. we like, don't know where it's coming from either. <laughs> like, it kind of fluctuates. Like, yesterday it got nearly 10,000 streams in a day. I was like, I feel like that didn't really start happening with that song until maybe six months or so after it was released. Like, it was very consistently getting like the same amount of streams. And one day it just like popped up and we still aren't sure why like yeah, people just yeah. found it and really love it which is great like i'm i'm so happy that it's like found its own little home for people yeah what a day was that pretty i would imagine that was a pretty cool day to see it just jump and be like whoa what happened there yeah because <laughs> i think our hope was that it got spotify editorial playlist because we never before we're gonna die we had never gotten like any <laughs> any Spotify editorial playlist. So we thought maybe that had happened, but no. We're like, what? Like, where is this coming from? Well, that's probably even cooler, right? To, to have it not, because when it goes on a Spotify editorial playlist, there is this hope that it's not hope, but I mean, it's a good chance that it's going to get a lot of hit listens. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah, for, for it sure. to not and just have people organically find it, I think there's yeah. something to be said for that. And probably I would think even for you both to think that's even cooler than if it did get. Yeah, it's honestly really nice. I'm like, I feel like it's in the right hands, like Mm -hmm. of people who really love it. Um, I I was on Twitter the other day and I saw like a fuck you, Heather um, fan fiction, (laughs) like people using the song to like write fan fiction for two characters. And I was like, wow <laughs> that's that so is cool so crazy to me that is really rad yeah so and i go ahead sorry i was gonna say it's pretty cool <laughs> very cool and how cool is it to have the cd display in japan uh, that is the coolest thing ever <laughs> like how did that come about did you have any idea like How'd you get that picture? (laughs) (laughs) That is the question. (laughs) Um, We, so this record company in Japan called P-Vine reached out to us uh, a couple months ago, I think right after Superstar came out, um, asking if they, we would want to like distribute physical copies of We're All Gonna Die, Here's Our Contribution, like CDs and vinyls in Japan. We're like, hell yeah, like let's do that. So we agreed to do that, but I had no idea about the like display. I like, we did not know one thing about that. And then we saw the picture, we're like. (gasps) That's cool. So I would imagine Japan is somewhere you're going to hit on this. Oh, it'd be amazing. That's a dream. That's a real dream. One day, I hope. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, What about live shows? Do you have anything? Were you able to make up any of that or? We have um, a couple things booked for our first show, I think, is August. August 25th, I believe. August we're doing like a little mini tour. Um, we're heading to Nashville first, actually. Yeah. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was my next question. When are you coming to Nashville? I think August, August 25th. Is I think August 25th, coming to Nashville. 
Then I think we're going to Cleveland and Chicago. Oh, that's um, my second favorite place because that's where my family is originally from. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know any of the venues there. And I wasn't <laughs> born there, but my my parents are both from Cleveland. Oh, sweet. I've been there a couple of times. I'm like, if we go back, I'm just going to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Have you been there? <laughs> I've been there one time. Okay. But I feel like, I, I think I was in it for like an hour and you can spend that's like- That's not enough time. There. I've yeah, been there. Literally. I think I've been there five times. Just oh, I would, wow. Every time I'd go back to Cleveland, I would go because it's like, why not? And right. they and they always change that top room. I'm not sure if you're aware oh, of that. Really? So there's the top room. It was yeah. John Lennon for a majority, like the first maybe year and a half that it was open. And right. it was really creepy. They had his clothes he was killed in. Oh, whoa. Cylinder. And it was like in like it was in like, you know, a bit, uh, yellow like police bag. But they had his whoa. glasses on display with the mud and blood on it. it <gasps> the creepiest like whoa most surreal Ugh. thing to ever see ever but crazy yeah but you could spend a lot of time in there like i, said, oh, I was I gonna say that been. my my point was that i've been there five times and i can still go in there and lose myself for three hours yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, i want to go so bad it sounds so cool it's the coolest thing ever it's, um, yeah, it's really awesome <laughs> definitely take some time in cleveland that day and go it's carve out like four hours because yeah it's worth it. But where, it. where in Nashville are you playing? And are you going to be here for a bit? Or are you playing and then like getting in the van and driving right out? I think we're going to be I, there for like two days. Two days, I think. Awesome. I think we're playing at a place called The High Watt. Okay, yeah, I know the name. I haven't honestly been out to any shows here because there's we moved here in end of February oh, yeah, and there yeah. hasn't been anything happening. So Yeah, so, yeah we're oh. excited for that. It'll be our first show since March. 2020. <laughs> no, that's going to be your very first show too. Yeah. Oh, Our yeah. First, we did like a roof, um, like release show for, we're all going to die. We contribution. Here's our contribution. <laughs> um, and, but that was like for our friends and stuff. So it's our first time back in like a venue, which will be really exciting. Awesome. I'm coming. So yes. <laughs> yeah, I need to make sure to make a note on my calendar here, but that's so cool. I would love to come out and, and, and see the show. And especially if you're going to be here for a couple of days, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to be there. I'm going to mark in my calendar right now. Um, and thank you both so much for doing this interview. I appreciate well, it. Absolutely. Thank, thank you. you. It was so yeah. fun. This is so cool. Uh, I have one more question before I let you both go. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Ooh, that's a good question. I always say, I think the best advice I can give is literally, okay, there's a couple of things. Now <laughs> I'm thinking about it. Let me backtrack. Um, first step, I think, learn production. Like whatever DAW you want to open up, if you want to use like Logic or even GarageBand, anything, just get your hands on the software and learn it. And just so that you have that vocabulary to say what you want to mm -hmm. make. Um, I feel like a lot of times if you're in with a producer, it's very easy for them to start like overtaking um, on your song. So I think that might be some of the best advice I can give is like, just learn it, learn the vocabulary, learn the things you can do production wise, recording wise, so that you can create that sound you want. The second yeah. advice is just like, keep going. <laughs> Don't stop it. Um, I think that's what I tell myself all the time too. And that's gotten me through like the hardest times um when i felt like we're not going anywhere when i questioned like is this something that's gonna happen for us it's, it's like just keep going because if you stop it's not going to 
Mm. I love that. I would say those two things also. (laughs) (laughs) I think in terms of learning production, I think it's so important for like women in music to learn production just so that if you're in a session with men, because there are a lot of men in the music industry, you have the vocabulary to assert sort of your vision in it, which I feel like it's very easy to be overlooked or overridden in a studio as a woman. That's something I've learned. And I feel like it's, I feel much more confident and like able to speak in those spaces when I have like the right vocabulary and sort of feel like I know what I'm talking about in technical terms, you know, Mm -hmm. even if most of it is like, for show too just to be like take me seriously like I know what I want um I feel like that was so important and yeah don't give up (laughs) like (laughs) I feel like if this is what you love to do and like I truly can't imagine doing anything else and so even if I'm like 70 and still being like I'm gonna make it next year like I'll be happy because I get to do it so I feel like just keep going. Like some days are going to suck, but also some days are going to be really fun. I love that. I just want to comment on something you said, because it, what frustrates me in this in music is that a, a man can just buy or, you know, buy a Mac and have garage band on. And it's like, I'm a producer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And women don't do that. No, they, no. I feel like you don't get the respect and it just bugs me. No. <laughs> I just want yeah, to say I that. I feel like to be <laughs> a male and a producer is way more casual than to like step into a space and be like, yeah, I'm a female producer. Like, I feel like you really have to show that you know your shit to get respect. And it's, and uh, yeah, that's I, what I've learned. Yeah. I could, and I can see that. And somebody told me that and I had never thought of it. And then I was like, that's a great point because like I said, I, I have garage band on my Mac and I can tell people, oh yeah, I'm a producer. I know how to throw like these fake drum beats together. <laughs> and you know, I got this. Yeah. yeah. Like I've been in radio enough to be able to figure out how to use EQ and this. And it's like, yeah. well, I, I have no clue what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just wanted to comment on.